0: Hello, it's Molly Mahoney here, and I am so excited to welcome you to the fifth episode of the Prepared Performer Podcast. (laughs) Hey, Prepared Performers, it's Molly from the Prepared Performer, and... Molly Tynes from Broadway, yay! So this is my friend Molly, and she is amazing, and she was with um, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang National Tour is where we met, right? Did we meet before that? I think so. Okay. We may have known each other
1: peripherally before that, but... Yeah,
0: that's funny. Okay, but um, she's amazing and working like a rock star and... Always someone that I go to from out here, and now that I'm not really performing very much anymore, I still have my equity card now, and um, I, I'm, like, very out of the loop. So Molly is someone that I know I can be like, wait a minute, I heard something's happening. Tell me what's going on. So um, I asked her to come and speak as part of this series about what it's like to be somebody who has an equity card, quad an equ- <laughs> equity card, um, that's, like, super yay equity and works and puts it to the test. So, Hi. Hi. So tell us how you got your equity card in the first place.
1: Um, I got my equity card about 10 years ago. I actually really didn't know too much about equity when I got it. It was sort of um, a whim. I decided to come to New York and see if I could make it in musical theater. I really honestly didn't know what to expect. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. The Goodspeed Opera House was auditioning for a national tour of Pippin. They had already cast one of the Manson Trio girls. And in this production, they actually wanted them to play twins. So they needed someone to fill a non-equity slot who could play twins with this other girl. So I had to be a certain height, body type, facial structure, and I was that person. But because they were doing a national tour afterwards, it was an equity tour. So I did the summer non-equity, made my you know measly $300 a week or whatever it was, and lived in like a house with 20 people in two bathrooms.
0: <laughs> and how many people in a bedroom? what's that At least we had
1: our own bedroom but it was like you know there were like six people sharing a bathroom on each floor so it was kind of rough but then I got my equity card and went out on the tour and the rest is history I've been equity
0: ever since and had you done a lot of non-equity or any really non-equity work before that I really had not I had just graduated from college and had right out of college
1: gone and done a cruise ship which is obviously non-equity work. Um, And that's it, that's the only experience that I had. So I didn't have any musical theater experience professionally um, before I got my equity card. Which is awesome. And just so people know, um, cruise ships are
0: non-jurisdiction, right?
1: Yes, so So. you can work on a cruise ship if you're an equity member. or a non-equity member it's 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 out of the jurisdiction of equity so it's a whole separate thing it's yeah. international waters <laughs> oh, all kinds of things go there right
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely like sort of unregulated in certain ways right. like and stuff. yeah um, okay so then what happened from that so you did the national tour which was awesome um a how or wasn't how big was that like how many cities what did you guys do on that tour we
1: did um I mean, the whole experience I think was about a year, the the Goodspeed and the the tour, maybe just a little less than a year. Um, and the main part of the tour, you know, it's, it's so crazy that I got this job because I really was so underqualified for it. But it was supposed to be a pre-Broadway tryout for a new production of Pippin. Um, Stephen Schwartz was involved. A lot of Broadway professionals were involved. Like. You know, Charlemagne was played by Mickey Dolan's of Monkeys fame and the Strada was played by Shannon Lewis, who's been in a million Broadway shows and is still somebody that I look up to so much. Um, you know, so it was kind of crazy. There was just like me. I didn't know any better. But um, we, we spent six weeks in Toronto, which was the, the major kind of out of town tryout. And then we spent a, a week or two in a, several other cities.
0: Awesome. Okay. So then what was it like coming back from going into not only your first equity job where you're working as a performer, but also your first equity job where you had like a long span where it wasn't just, you know, a weekend or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, I definitely learned a lot. I mean, I was very green when I went into that and, you know, it was a humbling experience in a lot of ways. You know, I, I learned that I had a lot to learn. <laughs> like um, what? What are some of the things that you, well, I mean, Understudying, I had to learn how to understudy. I shows in school. I'm sorry, have you done shows in school? I had, but I did them all recreationally. Like my degree is not in musical theater, yeah. so I had done you know productions of Cabaret and How to Succeed in Business without really trying. I had always loved musicals. I just didn't really have training in the business aspect. You know, I had training in singing and dancing and acting, but I didn't have training in the business, right? Auditioning or any of that. So. That was really the big thing I discovered when I came back that I had to learn how to get another job because I wasn't just going to be lucky every single time um, there's still such a huge element of luck involved every time you get a job of course but you know I, I had to learn how to prepare a book I had to learn how to get sixteen bar cuts and I had to learn about the whole you know sitting in line at six o'clock in the morning for ePAs <laughs> and all of that. Um, I had to learn how to act a song, you know, it was, it was, uh, or to act a 16 bar cut, you know, to pick the perfect 16 bar cut that tells a story and has a journey and allows you to make choices, all that good stuff. Um, and, and yeah, I I probably spent a lot of time and a lot of money after that tour learning all of those important skills.
0: So when you first came, when you were on tour, do you feel, did you, were you in a place where you were like, okay, I have my card. This is like what I'm gonna, I'm gonna work now. Or were you still kind of like, whoa, well, this is fun, <laughs> you know? I, you know, I
1: think I just realized that this was what I wanted to do. I just had never really even thought that I might be good enough to do it professionally. And I, I didn't realize, I just didn't know anything, you know? Yeah. So I definitely like realized while I was on a tour, I was like, this is what I want. I want to be an equity actor. I realized that there were a lot of protections that we had that I was not accustomed to before. Uh, funny story: when we started at Goodspeed, um, after our first preview, I took all of my like tights and underwear and everything, and I put them in my my bag, like my own personal bag. And the dresser was like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I have to like wash my 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 things." And they were like. We do that
0: for you. You
1: don't have to wash your own tights. You don't have to wash your own costume pieces here and I was like, "Oh my
0: god." But that's something you totally wouldn't know though, right? Well,
1: cuz on the cruise ship we had to wash all of our own stuff, you know. So it's like little things like mean, that's that's a silly little thing, but there are a lot of other protections like, you know, I think I made 3 times on the tour what I had made as a non-equity member. Um and that was considered a, a low grade tour as well. It was a, an experimental touring contract. So that was considered by the other equity members in my company to be a low paying job. And it was like triple what I had made at Goodspeed. Right. So, you know, that's a huge part of it. Um, protecting your days off, not having crazy travel days, like all of these things were just not even, I didn't even realize that somebody could care about that and be like, no, you can't keep them in rehearsal now,
0: they have to take a break, or whatever it is, so. Right, um, and to me, I feel like the difference there is that the, when you're not equity, it's, it can be something that you're doing recreationally, because yeah. you don't need to, you can have another job, and then that's there, and they, you know you can, or maybe go back and forth, but when you're ready to actually be in a place where you want it to be your full-time career, those are things that are there for you. So when you came back, what was it like, um, like what was your what did your first do you remember what your first audition was after getting back or what that experience was like? I don't. Know. I, honestly
1: don't. I have no idea. I I know that I took some time off because I got a, I got an injury on the tour, a hamstring injury. But I can't
0: really remember how I. I don't remember. Okay, so what was your next job that you got after after that? Or was it a long period of time? Like you took some time off to get your hamstring. But um. Yeah,
1: I can't remember. I mean. I think I did little things here and there. The next big thing that comes to mind was that I, again, was kind of like lucky and got cast in a new Broadway show called Angels, um, which you've never heard of it because it never made it to Broadway. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that, that was in, let's see, the Pippin tour was 2006, seven. And I got cast in Angels in the summer of 2008. So um, that was right before the big mortgage crisis happened. And a lot of, uh, hopeful Broadway shows did not fare too well that, that fall. But I also, just because you never know what's going to happen in this business, I had continued to audition while I was um, preparing for Angels. And that was when I booked the Chitty Tour that I did with you. So that was sort of like my back burner job. Like if something happens with Angels or if it doesn't transfer or something, then I had the Chitty Tour. And of course it ended up that angels did not transfer, and shitty was a wonderful job that lasted for a year, and I made lifelong friends, and you know got a lot of really important experience doing that. So it worked out for the best.
0: But that's a really good point too about auditioning, even though you are you have a job <laughs> lined up. Like yeah. what you said about not um, about not about having to come back after the tour and being like, wait a minute, I have to audition for something else. Like that, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the jobs yes. all jobs end in yeah. this
1: business.
0: Yeah, there's no job security really.
1: And with Angels, we had a contract for an out-of-town tryout and we had first right of refusal, which means that when it transfers to Broadway, they have to either offer you a role or they have to pay you a fee if they decide to cast somebody else. But we didn't have a contract for Broadway. So, you know, there was no guarantee that it was going to happen. And that was why everyone was continuing to audition, because like,
0: you never know. You never know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now it's really common, I think, for a show not to transfer. But back then, it wasn't as big of a thing. Like, if you were set announced to go to Broadway, then you were going to Broadway. Right. Wow. Then the thing happened, and, you know, blah,
0: blah. Yeah. Okay, so what after Chitty? Um, or, like, with Ch- I know Chitty was a, you know, uh, tiered tour as well. Was it similar, to?
1: It was similar. Um, the The... Pippin tour was sort of like a weird experimental contract that doesn't really
0: exist anymore that I guess probably became the tiered tours. Can you Um, you talk about, I know that's changed even since Shitty. so can you just explain a little bit about what that means, like that not every contract is going to be the same and that there are different things that change? I mean, obviously the ideal contract is a full production contract, which is the Broadway contract.
1: Um, in addition to having the highest minimum wages of any of the, the contracts, it also has the best quality of life allowances. You have the, the highest per diem. Um, and just you know other considerations like quality of the hotels.
0: Um. And per diem, for people who don't know, per diem is something that you're paid um, in addition to your salary to cover for living exper- experiences. It- expenses hotels you end up paying for your hotel while you're on the road but it's it's technically comes out of what they call a per diem which is a separate payment that you get well on that contract it does now the CETA contract you pay for your you don't pay for the hotel you just have a
1: smaller per diem oh i don't see yeah one of one of the many things that can change and you know i'm that's actually a good like segue to talk about how some contracts are better than others. Um, on a full production contract, you're required to be given two choices of a hotel, so there's some incentive for the producers to find hotels that are affordable and that have certain amenities because if people are given a choice, they're going to choose the better one, like the right. one that's closer to the theater or whatever it is. Um, on a CETA contract, the producer pays for the, uh, for the hotel and you're given... A smaller per diem that's meant to cover like food, basically. Um, but when course, there's
0: when we were on tour, if you didn't want to stay in the hotel that the that the company had, you didn't have to. You could get vacation rental, but you know you could get like a Airbnb or something right. and save that money. But now you can't do that with a CDA contract. So you're saying well, that's still an option, but the they they call it a buyout. The
1: money that you get if you don't stay there, the buyout is much smaller. Okay. So it's it's much more affordable. Um, It's more a unless you can find a really good deal and you're willing to live with other people in like a vacation rental, it's generally speaking more affordable for you to just take the producer housing and get the normal premium. But unfortunately, you know, sometimes that means that you're in a hotel that's really far away or a hotel that's not so great. (laughs) And you know, there's only the one choice and they're the ones paying for it. So if they can negotiate a good deal with that hotel, then that's where you're going to stay.
0: Right. Cool. So, um, so depending on, there's like all these different levels, different types of tours, you can find them all on the equity website as well, which I'll post in the links below where you can go in. I think you don't have to be a member to see all that stuff. I think you can see the contracts regardless. I think that's in the document library, but I'm not. If you can't, if you want to know more about that and you can't find it, just email me and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So then what happened after Pippin?
1: Let's see, I did a bunch of different regional things. I worked at a lot of regional theaters, Goodspeed, Paper Mill, Tuts. Um, I've even done like guest artists out at a theater in Oklahoma, um, where most of the performers are non-union, like college kids. And then they have some professional non-union
0: actors who live in the area.
1: and so they'll bring that's you. a different
0: kind of contract also where a guest artist contract, like if you're non-equity and you want to become equity, you can join the equity membership candidacy program, but you will not get, and you'll get points towards being a member of equity, but you do not get those points with a guest artist contract, correct?
1: Yeah. I. Uh, well, if you're a guest artist, are already equity. No no, so. no, no, no.
0: I mean, if the company, if you're doing, if you're an EMC and oh, there's okay. artist there- you're not going to get the points. I'm not sure about that. So you probably know more about that than I do because I don't know. Because I, 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 that's I think was the I started that process, but at least that's how it was before that you only get the points if it's a full contract.
1: Yeah. I mean, I never really did the EMC thing because of my crazy circumstances. So I was EMC for like a few months, you know, before the Pippin tour went out. Um, but yeah, so that was really great. I got to work um, a lot of different kinds of contracts. Uh, And then I guess the next thing would be being cast in another Broadway show that didn't happen, which was a revival of Funny Girl that was supposed to star Lauren Ambrose and Bobby Cannavale, which uh, they announced, let's see, that was I think 2010 or something. Uh, They announced like maybe five weeks before rehearsal started that the show wasn't going to happen. I was also involved in another Broadway hopeful show at that time called Chick Six, which also did not transfer that season. So it was a rough year for me. Uh, 2010 was... It was not not a happy time, or I guess maybe that was 2011. Actually, see, it's it it was so right. <laughs> devastating that it's like gone from my from my memory. Yeah, that would have, that should have opened in the spring of 2012, I believe. But it all ended up being fine. I I uh, got cast finally in a Broadway show that did happen, <laughs> um, which was the 2013 revival of Pippin. Um, mm-hmm. And I was with that show from the very beginning, from the workshop, the out-of-town tryout, the Broadway run. And I even went out on the first national tour of that for
0: a little while earlier this year. Which and so you know about Molly also when she says like oh it was just an accident I was like the right height and whatever. She also is crazy and <laughs> not always has a ridiculously amazing voice and is like a f- stupid fierce dancer but she I think I'm right in saying she was the only person who was like both tracks in Pippin on Broadway if you know anything about it they had a full circus company and like a musical theater-ness and Molly did both because she's crazy. So, um, she also has like mega tricks up her sleeve in addition to being totally ridiculous at everything else, which helps her to be able to work so consistently because you're crazy and <laughs> able to be pull all those tricks out all the time, you know, um,
1: everyone's got to do everything now. There's yeah. no dancer track anymore. It's like everyone has
0: to sing, dance, act and do backflips, you know? Right. And hang upside down from a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> and cover three principles, you know? Right. Yeah. It's insane insane. Everything. You have to do everything. Right. right. Crazy. Um, so what was different equity-wise on Broadway compared to tours and stuff? Well, the salary for starters. <laughs> Especially um, when you're covering lots of people and hanging upside down, I'm sure. Yeah, it
1: was really nice getting that Broadway salary. I, I mean, because I had done two national tours, but they had both been um, lower tiers. So even though I thought that they were, you know, good money and for where I was in my career, especially like that was really, really good money on the shitty tour for me. I think maybe some other people on the tour didn't didn't agree, but where I was in my career at that time, it was, that was great. Um, But yeah, Broadway's like twice that. so. (laughs) So that was good. And also just being able to work at home, you know, being able to have a normal life, not live out of a suitcase, like see my then boyfriend, now fiance, when I came home at night, you know, like, you know, you can actually have a
0: career at home. Yeah,
1: that was huge for me.
0: Yeah, so then after, cause you decided to leave Pippin, right? You Or, yes. yeah, so then how has that been for you? Like and with other things that you've had come up and stuff and now, um, just how has that been for you since then?
1: It's been good. I mean, I was with Pippin from beginning to end for about two years. That was before I even went out on the tour. And the one thing I will say about, you know, our, our jobs, our lifestyles, which anyone who's a professional actor knows, is that you have one day off a week and that's it. So even though the actual hours that we spend doing the show may not be that long compared to like a lawyer, we don't have a weekend, you mm-hmm. know, and you get one week of vacation every six months and that's it. So I was kind of like ready to have a minute to like maybe go to brunch on Sunday, you know, like maybe go visit my family, maybe go, go see my relatives that I hadn't seen for like two years, um, so that was nice. And then I did a, another, <laughs> what's with me, the, the Broadway transfers that don't transfer? <laughs> But the reason that I left Pippin was to do a Broadway-bound production of Can Can to do the pre-Broadway, and it's still in the mix. Yeah. We were we were hoping to transfer for first spring of this year, which didn't happen. There were too many similar shows happening um, this season. Lots of uh, lots of period piece French well, dance yeah. shows happening. So it's still in the works. Maybe you'll see it this fall. Maybe you'll see it next spring. Um, but it didn't transfer. Yeah. And then Pippin closed. So there was no job to go back to there either. Um, so I just started auditioning again. I'm, I'm doing another regional show this summer out in the Berkshires, uh, Bells Are Ringing, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah.
0: And there's something else happening too. I don't oh yeah, I'm getting married. <laughs> In October. <laughs> right. So that's like a whole huge thing too. When you're a performer, so much of it is about just like crazy getting the next job, getting the next job, getting the next job, because there's nothing you can count on, like shows close. And so at some point you've got to make sure that you can also set aside time if you want to do something like get married. Oh, it's very true. <laughs> I, that.
1: I mean, this has been like the first time in my life as an unemployed actor that I've had to turn down auditions. I think my agents are I'm driving my agents crazy because, you know, I I promise my family and my fiance and myself, I mean, I don't want to postpone my wedding, but right. I wouldn't audition for anything that would conflict with those plans. So, you know, all of the fall stuff starting to audition now, and you know, it's just auditions. It's, this is not to say that I've turned down job offers. Like these right. people don't, they're not missing me when I'm not in the room. They don't know I was supposed to be there, yeah. but I, you know? So it's uh, it's kind of crazy. I'm like thinking about insurance weeks for my health care and thinking about Making money and all that, you know. Yeah, it's my wedding—it's important. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's important, and that's so important too to prioritize those glass yeah. balls and rubber balls. And if you drop your wedding, it might break. So I <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just here.
1: means that come the end of the year, I'm gonna have to be pounding the pavement looking for a job.
0: Right, and and I'm sure right now you're also like keeping those relationships alive and stuff like that. Maybe you know what I mean. Yeah, yes. yeah of course. Involved and yeah. stuff. Um. There was oh. When did you get your agent?
1: Because I got my agent right before the Chitty tour. Um, It was actually a friend of mine that I knew socially, Ben Sands, uh, and he. You know, my agency was they. They periodically, like, an agency will audition new people. So if they're looking for like new talent of a certain kind, um, they'll go to showcases for colleges or they'll just invite people into audition. And I went in to audition and, and they,
0: um, they signed me. During an, like an invited call that they had? Yes. Cool. Yeah,
1: Awesome. Which, um, I don't think that I would have been asked to come in if I didn't already know Ben. I, pr- I was getting to the point where I wanted to have an agent. So i had been preparing my like, I, now you probably do it all digitally, but at that time you still, you sent in like a nice envelope with a cover letter and like your resume and your, your headshot and said, I'm seeking representation. Um, but the, that one just happened to be that I already knew him
0: personally. Which is, I think, still so much the case that really you've got to stay yeah. involved and be nice to everybody because you never know. <laughs> like- but on the flip side of that, too, I mean, I found it appealing to work with somebody who knew
1: me as a person. He actually is no longer with my agency. He's moved on to another agency. But the, the people at my agency, my current agents, are fantastic. And I, like, I consider them friends. I think that you know I trust them to go to bat for me and to be honest with me if I'm not doing well you know if I do poorly in an audition if there's something that I need to fix. Um, I think it's, it's really a
0: good important. point though that not only would they want to work with an actor that they know but you as an actor you should want to work with somebody yeah. who's going to treat you like a real person and not just like a number on their roster.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's huge value to that, especially if you're somebody kind of starting off in the business. There's something to be said for going to like one of the huge agencies, but there's also something to be said for going to a sm- a smaller place where maybe you, you know someone where they might like go to bat for you more, you know?
0: Yeah, I like it. Awesome. Okay. This has been really, really great and amazing, Yay! wonderful and great to hear your stories and stuff. Um, can you just like close us out with some thoughts about like your, I I know that for the most part you are a, yay equity, you know, so like I've done some pros and cons and stuff like that. And so just kind of go through your pros and cons or as to why, like.
1: Well, I think like the big one is if you want to be a professional actor in New York City, like if that's what your goal is, there's no reason under the sun that you should not become a union actor just there's absolutely no reason. Um, if you wanna work on Broadway, you have to be equity. So uh, that that's the big one. But then even beside that, um, it's easier to audition if you're equity. You don't have to wait in line for hours and hours and hours and then be told at the end of the day that they don't have time to see you. Like they will see you. Once you do get the job, you actually make a livable wage instead of making you know a lot less money and having to have another job on the side, which is fine if that's what you wanna do. But if you wanna be a full-time, professional actor who pays their bills by being an actor uh, you need to be an equity actor Um, I do have some friends who live outside of New York City and who do other things and who are very talented Um, you know there's some big theater scenes in some other places in the United States and they make strong arguments for their personal case of why they choose not to be equity Um, but most of them also have another job or like a family or something you know there's some reason that it's advantageous to them to not really commit um, to the union. If you want to be like a full-time actor, you you really need to, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be an equity actor.
0: Yeah. What do you think about, um, I agree with you, first of all, but <laughs> what do you think about um, people who, because sometimes I get a lot of questions from people who are nervous about taking that, like, TYA tour, which is theater for young audiences, tour that's going to give them their card, but they're like, I don't really have credits, I don't really, you know, when they're in a place like that, and I know your situation was was special, obviously, A, because you were in the right place at the right time, but B, because you're stupid stupid awesome but, um, I mean you have like I mean you have more tricks up your sleeves than most people do. I didn't
1: then though I didn't have those tricks then you know I, tr- I had singing dancing and acting that was what I had back then
0: yeah. yeah okay but I mean but I think you like and there's a lot of people who are really great singers and not as strong dancers and really strong dancers and not as strong singers sure. and I think you're one sure. of those people who does every who does things equally strong um so for people who might not be in that total triple threat place where they can have a full wide of things they can audition, full wide array of shows they can audition for, what do you, what would your advice be about people who are worried about booking or getting things on their resume?
1: Unfortunately, whether or not you have your equity card is not going to be the determining factor in whether or not you're able to find work. You know, I mean, that, that argument I hear all the time, oh, well, I'm really not a strong dancer, so I just want to get some more credits on okay, get credits, but if you're auditioning for Broadway, they don't care if you did a non-equity dinner theater and played all of the principals for two years. They really don't care. They don't care at all. They care whether or not you can do this job. So, you know, I mean, there's unfortunately no right way to do things in our business. You can be unbelievably talented. You can go to every single audition. You can know all of the right people, and you might never work on Broadway. I I have plenty of friends that are an excellent example of that. And then on the flip side, you can graduate from college, show up to New York and be 19 years old with no equity card and no professional experience and book your Broadway debut. So I would say you're going to be taking a chance regardless on whether or not you're going to work. Like there's no guarantee you're going to work in the equity or the non-equity sector. So if you're given an opportunity to get your equity card, you should take it because at least then you have access to equity jobs, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're still going to have to play the crazy game of rushing roulette of trying to get a job in this business. And
0: this- you're still going to have to, if you're worried about, sometimes I think if you're worried about building the credits, if that's not, if that's the reason that you're waiting, then you should be focusing on building the, the tools, like the techniques and the tools and maybe... Yeah. Don't build the credits, but get your card and then use that time when you're not booking jobs to learn what it takes to get it, you know, to put a book together, to take yeah, classes and kind of stuff, as opposed to, to- how to audition.
1: Stay yeah. in New York. There are so many casting directors in New York that teach classes. Yeah. I mean, some, this is controversial. Some people call it pay to play, but, but why not? Go ahead, pay and play. Sit in that room with the Telsey casting director and find out what they think you're good at and what they think you need to work. That to me is a lot more valuable than going and playing Peggy Sawyer at a dinner theater that no one's heard of, um, that the Broadway casting director also hasn't heard of and doesn't care about.
0: Right. You know? I like it. Oh. Totally awesome. Yay! <laughs> and that, it, like you said, you know, everybody has different goals. So it depends on, like a lot of people in California, um, there's such few, you know, the, the job, equity jobs are so few and far between. And like, I do a lot at the the chance theater, which is this amazing theater company out here that I love and they're working on becoming equity, but right now they're not. So I put, produce my own shows so I can do little things here and there, but that's not my goal right now is not, I mean, I don't even have a book together right now. Like my goal is to have babies and <laughs> get them to a place where they can put their own. Yeah. I, I feel the need butt. to, qualify everything that I
1: just said before that I'm specifically talking about people who are trying to become a professional actor in New York
0: and specific and like go on to Broadway no and Um, you said that you did you totally said that and that's so I'm like just re-qualifying that as well but that's exactly the position that I was in and that I you know for me it wasn't even about necessarily like getting a Broadway show I just wanted to work and I think if you want to work and pay your bills with that that it is way easier to do that in an equity job than it is to do.
1: Also like, you know, New York is a grind. Not everybody wants to, I mean, being an unemployed actor is expensive and yeah. time consuming, you know, it's, it really is. It's expensive and time consuming to prepare auditions and take voice lessons and do all of this and do all of that. Um,
0: and it's know, a job not that you're not, not getting paid for.
1: Yeah, not between. everyone
0: wants to do that. I totally respect that, Yeah, you know? I like it. But at The Prepared Performer, we're like giving you the information for all different sides, like whatever, you know, the different sides of life. No, my whole thing about what I'm at my stage though, I still pay my equity dues. Wait, I was so, like, you're losing you for a okay. second here. It said that I had um, bad internet connection. Are you there?
1: Hello. Uh,
0: oh, there? there you are. Okay, yeah. I have had because- you on my
1: screen like this for a really long time.
0: i wonder what it'll actually record that'll be funny um okay so my point was that even though i'm not performing right now i'm still paying my equity dues and i'm still keeping my card because i know if i ever like for me it's not worth it to me to be doing the non-equity shows that are more you know the time consuming and that kind of stuff i'd rather hold out and only do the shows that i know are going to be in that type of show you know sure of course Um, But everybody's situation is different. So it's just yeah. good to hear from all sides. I like it. All right. We're going to wrap up. Thank you guys so much. And Molly, if they want to, um, like, learn more about you or find more about you, where can they go? Um, well, help?
1: I'm a bad person. I don't have a website. You're all supposed to have a website these days. I'm, like, kind of granny with some of that stuff. But I am on Twitter, even though I never tweet. <laughs> I'm Mary Tyn T-Y-N-T-Y-N. My Twitter handle is not my name. I know it's like all terrible. Um, <laughs> but that would be a good way to get in touch with me.
0: Okay, I'll put a link to that below. And if Molly ever, um, if I ever help Molly to put a website together, <laughs> I'll post. <laughs> I know, I really need to get on it. I, I need to like get my, you know, what together. But no, you clearly have stuff together. And after your wedding, maybe we'll talk about yeah. that okay um i helped daryl our friend daryl do a website for a wedding for as a wedding gift so maybe i'll help you with your website as a wedding gift but your own personal website not a wedding website
1: (laughs) oh my god amazing i love it
0: okay um but yeah so i can add links to things too if you have a link to show okay molly is awesome i'm gonna stop our recording bye prepared performers yay Okay. Stop. Bye.